Welcome back to the Oz Survivor Podcast. My name is Adam Ashton, and today I'm speaking with the 10th eliminated contestant, Jackie. Jackie is a Survivor fan from way back. She definitely understood the game, and she knew what she was doing. She said that her ruse of telling people she was a speed cube champion didn't help in that she wasn't able to speak you know about her profession like everybody else could and it took up a you know it's a big chunk of her life so it was hard to have less to talk about but she definitely knew the game of survivor and she was making moves and whilst we didn't get to see everything because there was only really a couple of votes on the champion side it sounds like jackie was pretty instrumental i incorrectly thought that jackie had applied uh i the rumor i heard was that jackie and sean both applied as uh, as a normal um, contestant, but were later taken over to the champion because they're champions. Uh, but Jackie said, no, that was incorrect. But I'm pretty sure Sean did. I guess I'll find out somewhere down the track. But it was great to talk to Jackie. She definitely was one of the champions that knew more about Survivor than, than most of the champions, I think. And it was great to chat to her. Here is Jackie. Hey, Adam. G'day, Jackie. How you doing? Good, thank you. Um, so, Jackie, what was your uh, interest in Survivor and, I guess, knowledge before you headed in? Um, I've been a fan of Survivor forever. Um, nice. And I actually even have this old Survivor board game I used to play, like, 10 years ago with friends when we used to come over. Uh, they used to come over, but they always used to vote me out first. So we stopped <laughs> playing that. Like, I'm not playing that game anymore. But, yeah, I've been a big fan of the show forever and when they contacted me um and spoke to me about coming on you know it's it's frightening to put yourself out there you know i'm i was never going on the show for fame or brand or anything like that i'm like i'm actually putting myself out there for scrutiny on national tv that was the most frightening thing for me i would have jumped at the chance if it wasn't televised Mm. and you just sat there doing it because i love the game i love everything about it um, but the scary part for me was always just kind of being on national TV with it. I know that sounds bizarre, but um, I knew that I would so regret it if I said no, and I just really had to push myself out of my comfort zone and go, you know what, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I love the game, like just bite the bullet and get out there and do it. Yeah, fantastic. I, I heard a rumor you might have applied off your own bat. Is that true or is that not true? No, it's not. It's not true. I like as much as I would have loved um, to apply for any of the seasons. Um, yeah, like I said, my probably anxiety of being judged and and watched on TV um, just you know would have stopped me. For sure. And so you created this uh, new persona, I guess, the Rubik's Cube champ. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yeah, I mean. I didn't want to go in there as a poker player. I think that it would have put a target on my back um, more than it, I already, you know, made for myself anyway. But um, and going into if I'd gone into the contenders tribe, like I could have just come up with anything. I actually did tell the champions I was a copywriter, as that was my job, um, doing website content. And if I was just going into the contenders tribe and I wanted to hide the fact that I was a just told them that but I had to come up with something to go into the champions tribe which made it really tough because it had to be obscure enough that no one would kind of question well no you're not like 
I've never seen you or I've never heard of you. Mm. Um, but it had to be obscure enough that I could um, field any questions as well and there's not that much to study with, um, you know, Rubik's Cube or speed cubing information. So, um, yeah, I was thinking chess um, originally and then I was thinking, oh, there could be some big chess players out there and maybe they might ask me some strategy questions that I can't answer. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I pretty much just told them that I, I held the record for Australia's fastest female. So yep. it kind of wasn't even that much of a claim to fame. <laughs> it was pretty much like, oh, wow, good on you. You know what I mean? Like, And I gave them a time that was actually nearly double what the yeah, actual world Yeah, it's pretty slow actually, is. yeah. So um, I just didn't want it to be too unbelievable. I mean, I'm in a 40-year-old woman going around, you know, the speed cubing circuit was never going to be believable. So, yeah, I played it down a bit and, you know, pretty much said I was surprised when they called me, but I suppose they wanted someone more on the kind of more puzzle or strategy kind of side of things. So, and they bought it like like no one knew right through to the end. Yeah, for sure. And how, how did you find that um, that story? Like how, how well fleshed out was it and did it sort of, do you think it helped you or did it hurt you in terms of like you couldn't connect too deeply with other people because you always had something you were hiding? Yeah, I mean, definitely it's maybe a little isolating um, to go in there with a lie because you have to kind of pause every time that you go to, you know, input into a conversation that's going on. Or, you know, am I going to say something that, you know, pretty much brings me unstuck in this in this lie? Um, you know, they're talking about something and I'm like, yeah, when I was in, in Vegas or, you know, what, every time um, you go to talk. But also, too, you know, there's a big part of my life is revolved around poker and it kind of meant that I had to hold back on, on building relationships and talking about my life. But you know what? I was on a team of champions. They loved talking about themselves so much. I don't think they cared how much I talked about my life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. And one one person who uh, definitely rates himself a champion is uh, is the king of Survivor, King Russell. What did you think seeing Russell? It seems like you um, were very in the very first couple of days, sort of with him, but then it seemed like that you t quickly turned against him. Is that right? No, I didn't actually turn against Russell. I mean, obviously, we don't see everything that yeah, went on. Um, so Russell and I spoke about working together and then he came to me and spoke to me that the boys wanted to vote me out um and then i kind of just before tribal i pretty much threatened russell down on the beach which you didn't see um and he said to me i'll give you a really poor texas accent <laughs> i i don't take wild threats missy is what he said to me down there and i pretty much told him that if i got an inkling that he was coming after me and I survived, that I was going to come after him tenfold. Mm. Um, and then we made an agreement on our votes to put a star on our votes. Mm -hmm. First, things that we could show each other that we were being loyal to each other and if we both survived that we would work together. Um, and so pretty much Russell's mistake was voting for Damien, um, which nobody knows that he actually voted for Damien. Um, on that first, so Russell pretty much turned on Damien, put a star on his vote and, um, you know, what if he had have just written down my name, he could have gone back to camp with the idol around his neck and I would have gone home. Mm. 
Yeah, nice. So I, I've heard a, a few. Um, I don't think we ever actually saw those votes because I heard uh, no. Russell said that he voted for. He didn't vote for you, but then other podcasts said that they thought that he did vote for you and, and social media. But uh, I'm guessing that that stars definitely the giveaway. Yeah, he 100% voted for Damien. Um, yeah, and yeah, put it. If you look back on it, there's a star on the vote for Damien as well. Nice. Um, and and he's actually admitted that he didn't vote for me. So. Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, then we saw next was you versus Damien is what it um, sort of appeared to be, and you you turned on the waterworks and uh, got yourself <laughs> out of it. How, how did that all go down? Yeah, um, to be honest, that's probably the most disappointing thing for me is how um, how little they showed of what really went. I mean, I was disappointed that they didn't show how instrumental I was in actually Russell going home, and that was pretty much why he left. Um, because that was a really big play for me um, as far as, you know, if I'd gone really far, that that was something, you know, I could sell to a jury, you know, that that's what I did and, you know, it was always something that I was had in my mind. Um, but then when it came to Damien, I mean, he was like a dog with a bone when it came to me. He literally was not going to stop coming after me. Um, I spoke in my interviews and said that, you know, if Damien wasn't coming after me, that... Um, I would be voting for Shane, but the fact that he's coming after me, he's actually a big threat and to my game plan. And I was never voting Damien out due to any physical weakness. It was he he was threatening me and my position in the game, so that's why I went after him. But so it was disappointing that they didn't show that, and I think it would have made a really powerful you know episode as well especially for people watching that might be in some sort of similar situation or struggling with adversity in their life you know that you know you can you can find strength you know in other areas it doesn't have to be physical and you know I just was really disappointed with that and really I mean it would make no sense for me in my position in that tribe full of athletes and Olympians to to be going you know what we need to vote out physically weak people because that would be putting my own head on the chopping block that would be the most stupid thing for me to say to that tribe so um it didn't really make any sense but um yeah was i I was really happy to see damien go home but um it wasn't really for the reasons that were shown yeah no i appreciate that very much and as you say we don't get to see everything and it it definitely sounds like you were one of the more strategic of the champions you know there's a bit of a range of of gameplay in the champions but it definitely sounds like you were towards the the uh mr texas end and you you would definitely uh seem to be wielding a lot more control just the last question i wanted to ask was yep. when the when the swap came around um what was your plan i oh, guess you yeah. said you're gonna you're gonna throw the girls a lifeline when was what was the lifeline and when was that gonna come Oh, so that was my original plan and I started as soon as they got to camp. Um, it's funny out there, you know, you second guess things a lot. You start to get a little paranoid about things. It's, it's a really weird environment, but we, that, Brian and I always were like, let's grab the girls and let's vote out Matt. Like, let's take control of this game and really shake things up. Um, I started putting that plan into motion, um, Sam came and spoke to me and was like, you know, pretty much I had the inkling that the boys really didn't trust me and Brian. Um, and I said to Brian, you know, do you think 
they were really adamant that they wanted a contender gone because that was such their simple strategy, you know, just get to merge with more champions and contenders and then we just pick them off. Like that, that's how simple their game plan is and it was so focused on that. Um, and I said to Brian, you know, do you, do you think we should go along with this vote and instead of sticking to our original plan, like let's back off on it um, and go along with this, gain their trust and then blindside them on the next vote um, and they won't be, if anyone's got idols, they won't be playing them. You know, it was just nice. kind of, we chatted about it. Um, and so we decided to go along with that. But, um, you know, what I, as much as I didn't give my tribe, my original champions tribe enough, uh, I didn't give them credit for having a strong gameplay. I really was stupid in overlooking Tegan and... You know what? Like, because I don't see what's going on at their camp either. So, you know, I don't know how strong she is strategically, but she was pretty instrumental in why I went home. Um, it wasn't it wasn't my tribe. Like, she's the one that was able to change the plans and the course of where the voting was going. And respect to her, you know, like, well, well played. So, but really, um, truly regret that I didn't stick with my original plan and follow it through. Fantastic, Jackie. Thanks so much. It definitely sounds like you were you were pretty on top of the the whole strategic side of things, and you were doing a hell of a lot behind the scenes, which was uh, exciting to hear and exciting to watch. So thanks so much, Jackie. Thank you so much, Adam. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. Bye.